you know, we want to welcome everybody here. Everything all at once. Everything all at once. It's honestly a sensation. Aliens listen to it. Hey there, folks, and welcome to another spectacular, incredible, inspirational episode of Everything at Once. We would like to start today's broadcast with a special thanks to our Patreon producers, Brian G., Josh W. and Sadie M. Patreon is an awesome way to support this show and say thanks. You can Mm -hmm. become a Patreon supporter by clicking the link below and choosing to be an intern, assistant, or producer level supporter. We now want to shout out the local businesses that have sponsored this episode. These businesses get the Everything at Once stamp of approval and are critical members of the Everything at Once community. We couldn't do it without them. We would first like to thank AFB Services. Much like this show, they do a little bit of everything at once. AFB Services specializes in landscape and property maintenance needs. This means they can take care of all your lawn care needs. Everything from reseeding yards, flower bed cleanout, tree work, edging, and other miscellaneous maintenance needs. Check out their website, afbservicesllc.com, or give Aaron a call at 814-528-7464. We would also like to thank friends of the show, Cauldron and Thorn. Cauldron and Thorn is the world's largest witchcraft store. Huge. It's huge. It's gigantic, really. Uh, Monstrous. Monstrous. It offers a conglomerate of crystals, books, ceremonial supplies, incense, herbs, oracle and tarot cards, and self-care items. It's a real grocery store for the soul, located just west of the Colony Plaza on West 8th Street. Cauldron and Thorn is open seven days a week or 24 hours online at cauldronandthorn.com. Dave. Yeah, Tony. Do you like metal? Yes. Do you like ladies? Yes. Well, I have just the event for you. Eden on Fire, local symphonic metal band, has a show coming up April 22nd at Philly on the Rocks. How much is it? It's $5. That'll get you through the door and into a crazy metal night. At Philly on the Rocks. Take my money. Oh, thank you, Dave. You got to save this for them. I don't want this, but thank you. <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, we want to thank Werner Books. Werner Books is Erie's community bookstore located in the Liberty Plaza. They sell everything from new to used books at once. <laughs> I guess get it? <laughs> they also offer a trade-in program to exchange lightly used books for credit towards new books, or as we like to call it in the biz, new, new content. content. Check out their website, warnerbooks.com, for information about book clubs, author signings, and other events. Stop in and find your next great read. And now, the moment. Everyone's been waiting for the feature presentation of everything at once. Sean Fedorko, owner and operator of Radius Cowork. This place is incredible. So many amazing opportunities going on here, and so many awesome things that people are producing through the power of community and a shared workspace, shared information, and really personifies a lot of the things that we're going for here in this show. Absolutely, and it's just a uh, just a, a coming together of so many great and uh, hardworking minds in this community, and uh, the entrepreneurial spirit is strong at Radius Cowork. That's right. And now, without further ado, we give you Sean Fedorko of Radius Cowork. This will be good. This is going to be good. I'm super excited you're here. Yeah, I'm excited that you guys uh, invited me over. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming out and hanging out in my basement with us for a little bit. This is going to be awesome. So I met you with some friends of mine that I've known since high school at the Horror Fest. And you told me a little bit about Radius, but I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I didn't really understand it or get it. Or I was, like, super unfamiliar with the idea of, like, a co-work at that time. And uh, recently I have a project that I want to work – that I've been working on. I haven't really, like, put it out to the public yet um, because I've been going through some other things that i got to go through before this is ready to launch. And I came up and checked out Radius. 
and it is a very impressive space that you got going on. Yeah, uh, you know, we've been been working on this for a lot of years, and so we've been able to build something that I think helps a lot of people, and not just, like, is it functional, but is it delightful? Do we like going there? And so a lot of people kind of, you know, they step in and like, holy cow, what is this place doing in Erie? And, um, but, well, we've just been creating this thing in the shadows, like hanging out and finding cool people as we stumble on and meet them. And so, um, yeah, a lot of people don't know it's there. Uh, we're always excited when new people come up and like discover it and get excited to join us. But, um, yeah, happy to talk about, you know, all about it. Yeah. It's a super cool space. Um, I I was completely unfamiliar with like the idea of a coworker that such a thing existed, yeah. and it feel it felt like a very West Coast vibe when I went up there, and I'm like, oh okay, this is what a cowork is all about, and uh, it's really neat to see something like that, something that's innovative and creative and uh, beneficial come to Erie. Well, let's let's like define that, right? So like, what is so for people listening? Like, what, yeah. what are you talking what about? It, what, what is, is a cowork? Um, so. Uh, uh, when I was uh, in DC, like I was working in coffee shops, you know, and I'm bumping it, like elbow to elbow with people, and I had seen people there kind of multiple times, and someone had suggested like, oh man, like why don't like if you checked out this co-working space, and I would like you, I'm like, what is a co-work? Um, and this is back in uh, 2012, 2013. Many moons no, ago. No, would have been 2015. Would have been 2014, 2015, and um, yeah, many years ago. And so, like, I, like you, I go check out a co-working space, and, and I'm touring, and uh, I have great experience. Exactly what you want in a co-working space. I'm on this tour, checking it out, and I bump into somebody who I had been volunteering at their nonprofit just online. I didn't mm-hmm. even know what city this guy lived in. <laughs> and turned out we knew each other, and we were able to strike up a conversation. And that was, like, that incredible moment where I'm like, oh, my God, you could bump into awesome people. Okay, so what's a co-working space? Co-working space is basically a gym for businesses. Um, why do you go to a gym? Because you get, like, this monthly membership – the gym has way more equipment than you have at home. Um, and when you're like running on the treadmill at the gym, the person next to you is like running hard and that kind of inspires you to run hard. Oh, yeah. So there's a little bit of the inspiration thing, but there's also knowledge, right? Like you're lifting, trying to hit a set, uh, you know, some muscles and someone comes over and says, oh man, you know, if you stand with your feet like that, you're going to hit that muscle group better. So like you get this knowledge. Same thing happens in a co-working space. It's a big shared space. It's a, sh- it's a community of people who come together and say, well, we want to learn from each other. Um, and we want to inspire each other. We want to commiserate. We want to celebrate. And um, you know what? We're all starting projects, either that's freelancers, small businesses, or some of us are remote workers, and uh, we just don't want to be lonely. Mm-hmm. And so we all have a lot of shared needs, like internet and knowledge, uh, but we also all need space. For sure. Right. And so you get a co-working space. And you start solving all of those shared need problems. And it, it's so great for, like, I feel like early businesses or whatever that want, like, a dedicated office space. Because, like, all of those things that you're mentioning are super, super important. You know, you want somebody to learn from. You want somebody to inspire you. You want somebody to feel your heartaches as you're going yeah. through it and, like, maybe give you a pat on the back. Be like, you know what? You're going to be okay, man. This is going to work out. And it's going to be all right if you just keep grinding. And uh, all of those things coming into fruition for somebody early in any sort of business adventure that they're going on, whether that's you know, working for somebody else or working on your own project is just so so huge you know that sense of community that sense of like you know we're in this together you're, you're there to change the outcome right mm-hmm. so you know figure you're at home and you can't figure out how to integrate the payment system that you need onto the web platform you're using and so you might like bang your head uh, against googling for <laughs> like six weeks right. trying to figure this out on your own well chances are somebody already figured that out Right. More than if, likely, right? If you only had 12 weeks to get to the revenue you needed and you burned six of it trying to figure out this integration, then you're really handicapping yourself. You put yourself at risk. Mm-hmm. And so we want to we control those risks. Well, guess what? The person who already figured it out, if they're sitting six feet from you and if they're your friend and if they know what you're working on, instead of you banging your head for six weeks, they could teach you how to do it in like six hours and yeah. you get it done before you go home that day. And so the idea is let's, let's get rid of all of these risks by sharing our skills, knowledge, and support. Like, yes, it's more enjoyable. Absolutely. Like we want to live good, healthy, enjoyable lives. Um, but it also makes it much more likely that we're going to succeed. Absolutely. And it, it's really uh, 
a four. It, it, it's much better when we pool our resources together than try to keep them separated. You know, for like a membership cost, you know, through that membership cost, as if however many people are at Radius are all paying that membership cost, obviously you're going to be able to get better tech. You're going to have better services. You're going to have better space. And uh, the space is so cool too. I feel like for this project, I'm super excited to bring people up there and show them, be like, oh yeah, this is this is what we're doing stuff here. You know. So you hit on two cool things there. Um, yes, the space is awesome. Like we tell people at the time, maybe you're the most talented person in the city for what you're going to do. But day one, when you start your business and you don't have an office, where are you taking your meeting? At Panera. Uh, well, yeah. That doesn't look very good, right? <laughs> exactly. Like, they, you know, they, they take a meeting with you. They're taking a meeting with an alternative provider. The alternative provider has a nice office. Well, like the space is not conveying your capability cool. Like just join a shared space. It's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Now when they come in, they're like, okay, yeah, this person checks out. They can focus on your capabilities rather than, you know, on why are we meeting this person at Panera? Exactly. So that's the space part of it. But you also talked about the cost. Let's suppose you were starting a business like you, you know, you guys are starting this business. You're going to turn this podcast into like, you're to take this thing on the show. That's like, the plan, drive, dude. You're going to drive ad we're revenue, going right? Right. Where are you going to uh, go when you want to set up, get, you know, get out of the basement. Basement's like day one. Right. You know, week one, year one. Okay. Now we're ready for like the next level. Well, if the next level is a three-year commercial lease. That's going to require you to get insurance and internet and printer and conference tables and desks and post-its and everything, right? Coffee pot. It's pretty expensive. Let's just say it's like $5,000 day one to get that office up and running. Well, now you're like on the hook for like a year, two year, three year commercial lease. You got to like shell out 5K to set the space up so you can run there. It's really expensive. It's a big barrier and it's a big risk. You might not make it six months, Mm -hmm. let alone the, the two, three years. Well, what's easier? $150 $150 for one month access to a co-working space, right. which already has everything else you need. And it splits that cost among everybody. So it lowers the barrier to entry, exactly like you described. For the cost of membership, I get everything because we're sharing the cost. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I'm sh- I, I know that you've been in business for eight years. A Radius has existed for eight years. And I can only imagine what it was like in the beginning because i'm sure that like just like you said initially starting up you know you have all of those costs of getting started and everything like that so tell me a little bit about what radius looked like when you first opened your doors or you first decided to get into the co-work business yeah so important i tell this to everybody we'll consult with communities that are trying to start new co-working spaces we love helping people spin up um new communities and the way you start isn't with the space it's with the people like do you even have people who want right. to do this sure so uh we found our group of 12 12 people who were like yeah like we all love this idea we're all kind of lonely we're all starting new things um we wish we had a shared space and so there are 12 of us if we got to 25 that would be cool and um so how did we like build that like what did it look like Dude, we were taking like, okay, so all the walls in Radius are white. Why? Looks clean. Why else? Because like everybody has a few extra cans of white paint at mm-hmm, home. Sure. And so we were able to beg, borrow, and steal a whole bunch of gallons of white paint because everyone has <laughs> white paint, right? Absolutely. And so like that was the cheapest way to paint the walls, which were like a hideous, like stained yellow. And uh, Radius is in the Renaissance Center, just so people d- that aren't oh, aware. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 So uh, the Renaissance Center at 10th and State downtown, tallest building downtown, 14 stories. We have the whole ninth floor now. Um, and so if anybody wants to come down, you know, like it's, a, it's, it's awesome. You can schedule a tour on our website. But, um, uh, when we started, we were just 2000 square feet and this floor had basically like been abandoned. Uh. And so everything's in terrible shape. We, uh, we were like fixing it up, getting into good working order. And like, you know, one guy brought the extra microwave from his parents' house. Like we all kind of like big borrowed and stealed a bunch of cans of, of white paint. Right. Um, you know, the, the TV that is in our primary conference room to this day was the TV I brought from my living room. Like <laughs> the router I brought from my house. Like we just all chipped in everything we had for the first, uh, two or three years. We we didn't have money to like buy a vacuum cleaner. So people would just like bring their vacuum cleaner from home for the days we were going to sweep. Like it was start with anything that you whatever can we together. can get. Yeah. And look at it now. I mean, it's crazy now. It's yeah. Now, if you come like, uh, you know, a lot of times I, I wish I could see the space with the eyes of the people who walk in mm-hmm. because now, of course, we've had eight years of, 
people showing up and saying, oh, I can contribute. I can make that better. Or, you know, we've we've brought in enough money that we've been able to invest in, you know, better furniture, like art, like beautifying the place, like upgrading everything. No more white paint. No, we do still use a lot of white paint, <laughs> but we don't we don't have to get it out of our parents' basement. That's anymore. nice, right? Um, That's a come up. We can now buy paint. Um but yeah, it, it is really beautiful now, I think. And that's just been so important to us. Like we spend a lot of time there, you know, we're yeah. all starting things. You gotta have a positive environment that you don't dread going to, you know For what sure. I mean? Um, and even like plants, like there are dozens and dozens of plants all over the floor. Um, and it, you know, that brings life and beauty and like comfort into our space. And so, yeah, every, everything from the little stuff, like bringing in a cute little cactus to, um, you know, now we've got like big, great projectors and we've got, you know, a commercial, uh, network. So like, you know, to give like some descriptions of the space, it's, it's now 10,000 square feet. Um, and you know, what was 12 members is now 180 members. And yeah, it's gotten huge. Again, you know, we never quite planned. I can talk about kind of the story, how we got there, but, um, it's gotten big and we've added all kinds of facilities, you know, stuff you're talking about. We've got a podcasting and media room. We've got 3D printers. We've got a tool lending library where anyone can borrow tools. We've got a video and audio editing computer. Uh, we've got a classroom. We've got multiple conference rooms. We've got call rooms. We've got projectors and TV monitors and desks and comfy place. chairs. You've seen it. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah, and like it looks super professional. Like you, like I said earlier, you bring somebody up there for a conference or they're a client. They want to engage in business with you. They're like, oh, this person is on the up and up. Yep. Look at it, this beautiful space. Clearly, they're they're doing something, but not like lame professional. There are no cubicles. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to give that impression. It's like cool, trendy, hip professional. Like what? It, it reminds me of the West Coast. It, like I, I feel like I would see a place like Radius out in California somewhere, yeah. or in Oregon, or any of these uh, destination cities for like business and young up and coming entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of it, I feel like you mentioned earlier, it started with these like twelve group, this group of twelve individuals, all kind of coming together to share resources, and and now it's up to one hundred and eighty. Yeah, it's incredible, and all the people there are in different fields, you know, different areas of expertise. You know, some people might be graphics designers, or they might mm-hmm. have their own business, or I think people some just sells tea. Yeah, and that does copywriting. Yeah. You know, all of those people kind of come together to make this a really innovative, cool destination workspace, I would think. Yeah. Can I talk a little bit about like the people? Like, yeah. That's, yeah go so for it. The heart and soul of Radius is the people, right? It's not about the space. The space is just one thing we all need. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you don't come to the physical space, we're all online on a Slack community. So like if you're part of Radius, you're part of our Slack. So, you know, sitting here, I could send a message to a bunch of our members, be like, yo, I'm on Tony, Tony's show. Like... <laughs> Does anybody have a great story to share? And I get a bunch of updates. There you go. Tell those stories. But um, so our our people are really the magic. And, you know, you named uh, a a couple like you named Jess. Uh, Jess is one of our uh, community organizers. Yeah, she gave me my tour. Yeah, she, yeah, just as the one who gave the first tour. Um, and, and you mentioned that she has a tea company, Sacred Ayla. Actually, I was drinking some of the tea before I came here, and I, sh- I should have brought some to, like, promo it. But um, Next time. Even our employees. So anyone we hire, we hire as a residency. Mm-hmm. You've got to have your own thing you're trying to build, but it doesn't quite support you yet. And you want to be part of the co-working community so you can build there. But you, your thing's not up and running enough yet. So we say, great, we want to support you in building your thing. If you're going to commit to us for like one to two years, you can work for us while building your company, getting the benefit of being here. Only now you're going to get paid to be here because you're going to help us build the community too. That's a pretty amazing deal. It's an awesome deal. We, we think of it as a residency and then like the expectation is you graduate mm-hmm. to being a member. But a bunch of our other members are, like you described, copywriters or videographers, photographers, um, graphic designers, software developers. There's a firmware company. And it's not all indies, right? The, the firmware development company, Ghost Creative for, and software, um, they're, I think, like 8, 12 people now. I know they've got like six in the office plus, you know, people who are distributed in the U.S., um, we've got, uh, one guy who's in construction consulting and he's like senior leader in his field, constantly on planes, happens to just live in, in Erie. 
Um, we've got uh, one of our other employees, uh, Liam O'Brien. He's got a little uh, video production company, Oddity, that he works with. I've heard of them. Yeah, a- awesome guys. Still in college, right? He's like finishing up his degree, working for us, building his little business. Then sitting 12 feet from him is uh, a guy, guy named Chris, Chris Showalter. This guy is the CEO of a company called LifeZone. They're developing the largest nickel mine in the world in Tanzania. What? Okay, so you got in the same room this the multi-billion dollar corporation that just got listed on the stock market with the CEO flying half the time over to Africa mm-hmm. to work out these deals. And you got the 22, 23-year-old kid who's finishing his degree and got a little like business he's starting on the side. And they share ideas. It's, it, that's so amazing. And uh, it really speaks to like the... The ability of, like, with modern technology, the ability to work, like, from wherever and do anything you want, you know? Um, Like, all those people that are working, like, remote for all these really big corporations and big businesses and stuff are still able to perform all of their stuff without ever having to leave Erie, you know, the town that maybe they were raised in or maybe they have a particular fondness to when they came here for school. And giving people the ability to stay in Erie and get up... uh, uh, them have the opportunities the same opportunities that a lot of people would have in a bigger city is just so positive for our community here you know keeping these people in town and allowing that town to flourish you know and keeping in a dynamic innovative space yeah uh that is one of the like great secrets that i think people are coming to understand at erie our talent are capable of competing on a level playing field within one of the nation, right? We, just, we didn't have as many ways to export that knowledge work. Mm-hmm. And now we do. And we didn't have a way, place to, like, incubate those knowledge workers. They were here. Maybe they chose to be here. Family was here. They loved the community, whatever. But then we couldn't, like, aggregate them anywhere. And so we've been working really hard over the years to bring those people together, form a community. Now, of course, that's at Radius, but also like subgroups. Sure. So like we uh, were organizing and we're running pre-pandemic like startup grind for the city. And um, we've been fostering and helping the city's software developers meet up, Code Erie. And uh, we partnered to run the Erie Day of Code Software Developers Conference. Like we're bringing those people out of the woodwork putting them together and saying, well, now that you know each other are here, you can amplify what you're doing. And we've seen huge growth, especially now in the pandemic, uh, in, in remote work, because people in Erie are getting connected to all these opportunities elsewhere. Now they have the choice to go anywhere they want, but they're staying here mm-hmm. because they actually love being here. And now they're just importing all their wealth and they're extending the network from what was maybe, you know, a, a individual in Erie who didn't have a huge professional network outside the region. To now a vast network of peers that they're working with way beyond Erie, and they're making those people aware of what our community can do. It's so awesome. And there's, so, I feel like there's so many benefits of, of living here still, um, like financially and having a small community, being close to your friends and your family and the place that you grow up and, uh, you know, the beach and everything else and all the good things. Like we just had, uh, well, actually we didn't have him on yet, but we had, uh, somebody from the Erie downtown partnership and all the work that they're doing to make Erie like a really awesome place. You know what I mean? All the activities, all the things, all the concerts, all the, uh, outdoor stuff on state street. And you guys are like right in the thick of it too, you know, with your location. Well, that was, so it's funny you hit that. So we, when we got together, these 12 people, we were like, okay, well, where do we go? Right. So we knew we wanted to be a community of people who work together. Um, and we were trying to pick and he said, well, you know, uh, this is so this is 2015. Mm-hmm. Like this is coming off of like rock bottom in the early teens for for Erie, where like sure. GE finally says, "No, seriously, guys, like we're never coming back." <laughs> and sad face. Uh, anyway, you you know what though? It spurred a lot of people in the city to look around and say, "You know, a large corporation's not going to come save us, and nobody's coming to save us from DC. Nobody's coming to save us from Harrisburg." Like. No corporations coming to save us. We just save ourselves. And we started asking, well, if what if we focused on entrepreneurship? Like, what if we focused on our own business community and growing the next big business here rather than trying to lure them here? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we said, okay, great. Like, we're starting companies. Like, we're committing to this city. But our companies can't grow, and we don't want to stay unless the city gets better. 
And if we need the city to get better, then it's our responsibility to show up and make it better. Right. And if you're going to do that, like you have to do that in the heart of the city. Like you can't have a great county if the heart of the city's kind of falling apart. Right. And so we said we've got to be in the center of everything. And once we decided to be in the center of everything, we started looking for places. And that was actually where the name came from. Like from Radius, you go in a straight line out to anything else that you want to access in Erie. Right. Do you think... Uh, that's a great place for entrepreneurs, but do you see like right now, like a tangible trajectory, like uh, one of the, um, businesses that work at radius being able to provide like a general electric provided like the type of opportunity and jobs and size and growth. Um, you know what? I would love to say that I was confident the next GE has already been started at radius. I don't know if we'll get that big, <laughs> but there are companies that came out of radius that are already employing dozens of people. You know, there's a, one of our early members, this was a, a, a guy we, you know, he was um, struggling for years, kind of trying to figure out exactly what, like, the design of the business would be. What would be the plan? And um, his name is Zach Stallsmith. And uh, he eventually comes, starts a company, Apex Drop. And okay. he's doing this alone at home and he's kind of going crazy, like, sitting at home all day, like, working day and night to try and get this business off the ground. He gets an intern from Mercyhurst. Her name was Jenna Tobin. And... Um, he says, well, it could be really awkward to have like this young woman intern come work at my house. And also I'm going crazy. So me and another member who knew him, like dragged him out and said, you've got to come get up at Radius, especially because like if you're going to get an intern, you got to do this right. Mm -hmm. So he does. And um, I want to tell Jenna's story as part of this. Jenna's an intern. She's in her junior year. She wraps up the internship at the end of the summer. And basically that by that point, he had said, you've become indispensable. Like we're, you're so helpful. Can we hire you part-time while you finish your senior year? She says, yes, works part-time finishes her senior year. He said, you've become so indispensable to the, this company. We need to hire you out of college. Her degree is in fashion merchandising. Apex drop is an influencer marketing company who Perfect. is focusing on fashion. Yeah. So very unlikely a fashion merchandising student was going to get a job in a Erie, Erie. Yeah. in a fashion merchandising company. Not only does she get the job, she helps build the company. In fact, she does so well that uh, several years in, they employ over 30 people and she's the VP of the company. How, how, how like this, this, you know, this is a, if, inexperienced, right, by comparison in the industry, like entry level person coming out of university. But why is she the VP? Because she was there from day one. Mm -hmm. She, she saw, learned everything. She she designed half of it. Right. That's an opportunity that can happen in Erie. So now you've got a influencer marketing company working in fashion, merchandising, providing jobs to local graduates and rapidly growing startups in a highly competitive industry. And yeah, you know, they don't employ as much as a GE, but that's 30 some jobs. It's 3000 jobs in oh, Erie yeah. that, that, you know, right. Grows and, out of the co-working space. And, and, and it, well, it's like you said, you know, if, if you're in that similar type of major chasing those aspirations in like a New York or a Los Angeles or Chicago, Miami, you're probably not going to find this kind of opportunity that, that she found it through radius. It's, it's super competitive. You know, that was one of the things that, that drew me back. So I came back from DC and I was intent on going back and, uh, over a couple years of building radius, like I realized some of the great advantages of a community like Yuri and also what kind of people should be attracted here. So DC, you have 5,000 people who want every job you want. Right. And you're, you're clawing over each other in Erie. That's not the case. And the distinction I make now is there are some cities that are just absolutely incredible. They're finished cities. They have everything, mm -hmm. right? Like Seattle has everything, right? Like DC has everything. These cities are incredible. They're complete. If you want to, you know, work a great job, have a good wage, just enjoy all this stuff. That's where you should go. If you're a builder, those cities don't have the thing you want, which is an opportunity to build something of incredible purpose that fills a niche in DC. There were a dozen or more than a dozen co-working spaces. It wasn't important for me to build one there. And if I wanted to, I'd have to compete with all these other people who are already doing it in the ecosystem. When I turned up to do it in Erie, not only was no one else doing it. So like I'm a dumb academic at the time and I get to like bumble around figuring, figuring out, out how to do yeah. it. But also it has so much purpose. These are cities for builders. They're unfinished cities, full of potential, full of 
purposeful work to be done by those who are really eager to do it. And that is incredibly fulfilling. Yeah, I really, we had this, we had other people talk about what you talked about, like the Nick and Jess both mentioned that Erie's kind of an unfinished city. And we had... Um, I wonder where they got that. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> huh. Something about uh, that radius environment or whatever. But speaking of the environment and these people that you're talking about and these opportunities that uh, many people don't realize are really here, um, we had Chantel... Um, Chantel Hilliard. Chantel Hilliard from the Booker T. Washington mm-hmm. Center. And they are heavily involved in investing into the people and giving the people the ability to reach out and find these opportunities to fill these voids. And I feel like that's a lot of what Radius is doing as well. You know, you're providing a good space with lots of opportunities and people to learn from and the people are showing up, you know, the people are always like our biggest asset here and in any city, you know, those are the most valuable things. And if we're able to invest our time and our effort into the people, it will amaze us what the people are able to do in a short amount of time, given the right circumstances and the right, uh, the drive and the knowledge and all of the experience and the things that come with, you know, working with a, in a co- co-working space or finding these opportunities that uh, avoid or finding a void that needs filled, you know, and there's still lots of voids around here, I think. Oh, for sure. And, and you're absolutely right. Like it's about investing in the people. And that's kind of like the, the story I tell is we lower that barrier entry. Right. Just like I was saying, like you could you could spend five thousand dollars to like trick out an office, but you don't know if you're going to survive long enough to complete the lease. Right. Don't do that. We lowered the barrier of entry. Now you need one hundred and fifty dollars. That's it. You need one hundred fifty dollars this month. And all you need to do is make sure you get one hundred and fifty dollars next month and you can keep going. Right. And that lowers the barrier of entry. And it's not just about the cost. It also surrounds you with people who can help because you, you, you know, there's some hypothetical world where you get access to all this stuff for one hundred and fifty dollars, but you sit alone. Mm hmm. And then there's the world we've got where you, you spend $150, but you sit surrounded by peers. And you're much more likely to be successful in that world. Oh, for sure. And that, that community aspect is so big. And being able to learn from other people is so big. Uh, I couldn't, like this podcast probably wouldn't exist if I didn't have people around me that uh, had some knowledge about like audio and video work and how to like set up a, a rig, like a, all the stuff, all the equipment we have here and how to build computers and do all this tech stuff that I had no idea because left to my own devices, I get frustrated and YouTube can only show me yeah. so much before I need somebody to like take my hand, you know, put it in the right places and move it around a little bit and show me what to do. And I think, also on top of that, what you were touching on with the uh, with Radius is, I mean, we still have conversations sometimes, but especially the first couple months, like if we didn't have the positive encouragement for each other to do this, it wouldn't have, I don't think it would have mattered how much, you know, was known about the AV, you know, video technology stuff. Like it's frustrating sometimes when you're first getting started and, and you're not hitting the goals that, you know, I, I don't know, Tony's like this too, I'm sure, but when I'm getting into something... You know, I set the goals, and sometimes they get too unrealistically high, you know, for a short amount of time. So then I get hard on myself if I'm not hitting them exactly in the order that I want to. So it's got to be important. Like, it's so important to have people around that are just positive to you. You know, giving the information is cool, but just being, like, a, a cheerleader is so important as well. Well, you hit on a great point. Like, it's, it's about calibrating. Like, what's the right goal? Right, day one. I can tell you, day one, almost everybody who starts a business underprices the value of their service. Oh, dude, we are giving away ads so cheap right now. So seriously, yep. they are ridiculous. <laughs> you hear cheap. that advertisement? If anybody out there, <laughs> anybody out there needs an ad or wants an ad, we are basically giving them away here. It, it's so cheap, you will never see it any cheaper. I think the, than the first reaction, the first one we sold was, "Holy fuck, that's so cheap." Yeah. So sorry yeah. for that shameless no, plug right there. No, but it's a great point, right? That's what we're here for, right? Uh, is the advertise the great things being built in, in Erie? Um, but yeah, you got to calibrate. Like, what's your expectations? Well, how do you calibrate? Well, you could like do a whole bunch of trial and error. You could beat yourself up a lot, or you can make a couple attempts and then get a ton of feedback from people who are at different stages in the journey. Sure, and can give you great advice and help you avoid some of the landmines they stepped on. 
And it's uh, another thing is that like when I go around, I see like Nick and Jess and all the stuff that they're doing or any of the other podcasters or go into radius and stuff like that. It can be incredibly intimidating if you don't really have a person like you who's like, no, man, you'll get there. You know what I mean? Or this is just eight years down the road or however long we've been at this. This is like a finish, like the maybe not the finished project, but like the project after many years. And you don't have to be here right now at this time. Yeah. So like rather than looking at him like. Like a like, you know what I mean? Like some unattainable person that's already like just magically achieved this, and you don't understand the work that's gone in. Yeah, right. Like when you see the finished product of something incredible, like oh my god, how could I ever create? How could I do that? Yeah, you're like yeah, man. Like what you're not seeing is how often that person cried, or like how often they like got furious because something broke. Right. Right. Like how am I ever gonna do this? Dragging the uh, uh, sweeper up. You know, yeah. the elevator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But, uh, so w- one of the guys, you know, that started this with me, but eventually he sat me down. He's like, listen, my wife is really angry at how often we do not have a vacuum. <laughs> we have to finally spend the money on, like, buying a vacuum. Um, and, like, let's talk about that, like, how hard it is to get this stuff going. Um, and, and even for Radius. I mean, I did not pay myself anything for the first four years. Mm-hmm. Like, that was just, it was the work to be done. Right. Like, Received no money. Um, there's not a whole lot of money in co-working anyway. Like, nobody goes into co-working to get rich. Sure. But, you know, you get a lot of... Nobody goes into a lot of entrepreneurship to get rich. Like, that's a lot of the, the dirty secret. A lot of small businesses that are just, like, exactly what you want to do in the world, and they're really incredible, don't necessarily, like, make you rich. That's okay. Like, you didn't get money. You got freedom. And exactly. uh, that's yeah. all money's good for anyways. So, like, buy yourself into the way you want to live. But... Um, yeah, like Radius had tons of problems. Like it was really hard to figure out how to afford expansions. We had to renovate and add new spaces. Um, it was really hard to like afford some of the big pieces of equipment we ended up needing. Mm-hmm. When you have not enough money to even pay yourself, and you still have to like buy professional office printing equipment <laughs> that's thousands. Scary. Of thousands of yeah, it's a lot of money. Um, there was a there was a really risky point where we had we had we were spending every dollar we got in. I had spent most of my money and then a lot on my credit cards and basically like if my car broke down it was over that was it like there would <laughs> there was i wouldn't have been able to get to the space and run it i would not have had money to fix it and we had no money to like to run the company anyway like that's how cl- razor thin it was that you know one car accident would have shut the business down a lot of people get to that point. A lot of people are at that point, you know, when they're in their first couple of years of building their business. For sure. And and being priced out of things is such a real problem for so many people today, you know. And whether or not they're starting a business or whether they're, or, uh, you know, just trying to live a comfortable lifestyle, it seems like now more than ever, one bad move or one mishap or accident, car accident, you know, washing machine breaks, plumbing, you know, whatever yep. it is. It can be so detrimental and really cause the whole house of cards that we're all trying to make look really pretty and stable on the outside. That's truly just waiting to fall down if you're not quick and vigilant and moving all the pieces in the right places. Yeah. And that's why you need like that's why you need to build your network. Right. Like your safety net is your people. Mm -hmm. Like who do you surround yourself with that can lift you up, encourage you? Um, That's been one of the most rewarding things when somebody comes up and. I'm thinking of, of, you know, a couple of people in particular who they said this is the first place they went where people didn't tell them that's not for you. Like, you don't have enough money to do that. Like, you know, that's not going to work. They showed up and everyone at radius just assumes like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of, well, of course you're going to do that. Right. Like, if you right. said that you're going to do that, then I just assume you are and tell me what you need and how can I help you? There's no resistance. And people need that kind of a, a, a encouraging, you know, community and it's not always not saying like it all has to come from a co-working space sure it comes from your family it comes mm-hmm. from your friends right like it comes from your partner it, it comes from all the people around you who are able to say like mm, i can't solve all your problems but like oh i happen to be able to make that one a little bit easier sure and the the strategy for anybody starting something new is to assemble all of those resources and and to rely on them and trust those people around you yeah I, the, the, experience is is hard earned and people that have been around for a long time are always very valuable assets and uh i think that anybody that's really going out there and i've had like this revelation over the past few years i think that anything that you're passionate passionate with or about 
you can end up making a living or supporting yourself doing it. Given enough time, given enough practice, given enough skill or whatever. And it may not end up being exactly what you had envisioned in the first place, but it is possible. And uh, all the people that tell you it can't be, because I was like one of those per- people for a long time. I'm like, oh, you want to open, you want to do this? Uh, you're never going to, you know. And I wouldn't say that outwardly, but in my head, I'm like, yeah, this person we'll see them in six months. They're going to be destroyed. I'll be there to help them out or, you know what I mean? Give them the shoulder cry on that they need rather than being that like positive, supportive force that so many people need. Cause it really does go a long way to have a little bit of encouragement. I think that most people, unfortunately it's just the world we live in. Most people already are living to paycheck to paycheck, hating what they're doing. And like, if you got an opportunity to just, um, at least try to make things work doing something that you enjoy. I mean, even if you're making, it's like you said, the freedom, even if you're making around the same amount of money or you have to wait a few years to make more money than you made before, but you're not dreading getting up every day to go work for somebody else at a job that you absolutely hate. That's a win right there. If you fail doing it, well, then you tried and you don't have to beat yourself up. You know, like, oh, if I would only done that, you know, what could have happened? You know, it's so important to go out and, like, take advantage of the opportunities and the freedoms that we have living in, you know, this this country, this time in history where, where we are able to, to go out and, and do things on our own. We're not stuck on the farm we were born on anymore. Right. And I, and I like that you brought up. Uh, failure because that is a real thing for a lot of people and very difficult to go through but every time that there's a failure it's not like it's not beneficial in its own way you know maybe you've learned something new or something different or are able to approach this situation in a better way next time you know just because you fail once at one project doesn't mean that everything else is crossed off you know what i mean maybe you need to talk to somebody about it maybe you need to approach it differently maybe you need it wasn't the right time or it wasn't the right place or it wasn't the right environment whatever it was um it doesn't necessarily mean that it's over you know just just means you need a break and um you 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 brought up a, a a couple important things like yes you want to encourage people um, failure's not, you know, it's not the end. It's not the end. Keep going. It doesn't mean that you encourage like, you know, bad plans. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always guidance like, oh, oh yeah, like you've got a cool idea. Ooh, but keep in mind, like this is a risk if you pivoted it this way. So it's not like the first notion that comes to your mind, like everybody just has to support. That's important to understand too. Like you want to nurture the seed, but we're not quite sure the direction it's going to grow, right? Sure. We want to figure out where the light is and help it go that direction. And the other thing is, like, yeah, when, when you fail, I mean, not everybody who has come up to Radius has succeeded at what they aspired, aspired to initially. Um, like, I'm thinking of one of our members who joined years and years and years ago. He was just graduating out of Gannon. Uh, his name's Seth, and uh, Seth Trot, And he was working on building uh, renewable energy uh, product companies. He's like, ah, he's working on some solar angles. He was working on some battery angles. He was pivoting around for a couple of years where he tried to figure out the product and the market and the funding and the patents. Ultimately, you know, he didn't. He gave himself to the point when he had to start paying on his student loans. And so he couldn't figure out the business. He said, that's okay. Like, that was the arc I wanted to try and figure this out. I didn't get that one figured out. Okay, now I'm going to pursue the next thing I have in my vision for my life. And he went on to get his JD. Like, awesome guy. Still a member, right? Like, still involved in a completely different way. So failure is not the end. And what was so cool is how much he knew about business law and contract law and patents before he went to do his JD because he had spent all that time figuring it out working on his own business. Yeah, and that's so incredible. And so many skills are so transferable in so many areas of our life. Like, you're saying, like, business law, like... You use that in any business there pretty much exists. You're going to be need to know a little bit about business law. And uh, being able to transfer those skills from one area to our life um, 
is so important to being like a good human being you know what i mean like being able to watch a movie or read a book or listen to somebody else talk and be like oh you know they were talking about this over here but i really can apply that to a b and c in my life and having the open-mindedness and the ability to recognize that is so uh, so huge and so important, you know, it just makes us better, more well-rounded individuals and more, you know, if it ends up not being your business or whatever, it makes you a good employee. It makes you a more rounded, more experienced, more, uh, desirable candidate for any position that you might be looking for in the future. And I think that, uh, that's another important thing too. Like some people like the idea of maybe being their own boss until they're their own boss. And then they're like, Oh, maybe I like just <laughs> yeah. letting someone else figure yeah. that out on their own. But if you never go out and try it, you never know. Exactly. You know, like, and, and, and a uh, great metaphor, like life is not a ladder. It's not about like climbing up to being a boss. Like life is like, you know, a big messy monk, like monkey bars thing on sure. a playground. Like mm-hmm. you're climbing up, you're climbing down, you're climbing left, you're climbing right, you're swooping inside. Um, you know, sometimes you might get to the point where you build something. Um, then you sell it or you merge and now you're part of something even larger. And like for a while, well, you know, for this chapter in my life, I actually would like to be the leader of a team in a big organization. Um, you know, for this chapter in my life, I'm ready. You know, I've got a new idea I want to go pursue. Uh, today I'm going to, you know, this chapter, I'm going to do it solo. Next one, I'm going to have a partner, like lots of different moves you can make when you're ready for something new. It doesn't just have to be this vertical climb to like, I'm finally my own boss that I'll never change. Mm-hmm. Right. That, I was just going to say that reminds me of this wonderful guest that we had on a few months back, Pam Lilac. Yeah. She, uh, she spent her whole college career and like youth like aspiring to be like a, a big hot shot in corporate america basically and then she fulfilled that goal she moved to washington she moved to new york she was working in a big uh corporate position uh traveled the world saw everything and she gave it all up for a spiritual life you know left new york went back to her hometown you know it's just kind of what you're talking about you get you you try different avenues you learn different things and you grow and you move i think it's really important not to be stuck you know what I mean? And to have that freedom to change your life when your life needs changing, you know, because like you said, we're not on a straight path. We're not trying to reach some magical finish line. And maybe what fulfills me today or tomorrow or for the next year might not be the same thing that I reach towards in the years following. And they're not mutually exclusive. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so we've got a couple of members, um, uh, Leah Thigpen and Heather Christie Morris, who are building the corporate class. Yeah, they were on we here too. On. Oh, they were? Oh, no, that was awesome. Okay, yeah. yeah. They're awesome. So yeah, great, great, great example of like, yeah, they are also like wildly successful in an incredible corporate career, and they're starting something on the side. Mm-hmm. And they've done other things in their past too. So like, they didn't have to leave one to do the other. They've found a way to blend those. Um, and so, you know, a lot of our members are like that. Like, they've got their job. Mm-hmm. But they also have the thing they're building on the side. And they can choose to do more or less of one or the other. And that's fine, too. Mm-hmm. You can you can create interesting blends of how you pull together fulfillment and financial freedom. Right. And those things, are, like you said, they aren't mutually exclusive. And sometimes just having like that passion is... Uh, is very much not mutually exclusive. I always talk with people about like, you know, I don't, I don't like my job. I'm unfulfilled doing what I'm doing, blah, 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 which is a very common thing. And it gives you the opportunity, hopefully to search for that fulfillment in other areas of your life, whether that's a side hustle or doing a podcast or whatever it is that you're really interested in or raising a family or whatever. And at the end of the day, we wouldn't be showing up to our, Most of us would not be showing up to our jobs if we weren't getting a paycheck. And that paycheck is meant to fund the things that we're really passionate about. And that's okay too. Oh yeah. Well, and, you know, I, we, we do a lot of talking around the coworking space, but like, what's the purpose of work? Like, what are we doing? And, um, like ultimately the reason we work is, uh, you know, it's very hard for me to do everything on my own, like farm my own crops, build my sure, own house, yeah. like all that very hard for me to do all that alone. Um, what's, what's better is like, if I get good at something and you get good at something and then we like both contribute, 
And so, uh, you know, the reason you go out and farm and the reason I spend all my time like building a bunch of houses is because everybody in the community needs somewhere to live and everyone in the community needs somewhere to eat. And we end up with more food and more houses if like you specialize and I specialize. Cool. Like that's specialization. That's kind of like market economies. But what's what's going on there is we're working for one another's like mutual well-being. Mm -hmm. And it would be like super silly if anybody said to me, you should build a whole bunch of houses that no one will ever live in. That's like wasted work. Right. Right. And it'd be really weird if I insisted that you grow a whole bunch of crops that like at the end, we just like let rot. You'd be like, why did, why did I have to grow those? Right. Like that'd be wasted work. And so when we think about like the purpose for our work, what we show up and do, it's to make sure we all live a lot better lives. Like we contribute to one another's well-being, but also like we put a check on that. Like we're also not going to work more than we need to because then like we're diminishing our well-being we're spending our precious time and energy doing things that aren't useful to anyone and so we're, we're like we think about that all the time when we're, when we're we're talking to the co-working community like what's the value of our work how much should you work um a bunch of members i know are talking about basically doing like four day weeks this summer like focusing on time off like time with loved ones like the business is doing okay you don't have to grow at the fastest possible breakneck right. speed you have to flourish as a person as much as possible. And sometimes that means you're only going to work four days in the summer. That's a very uh, European way of doing things. I mean that in a good way, like the European Union. Like I, I, That's a place I've always wanted to go just because I love how they have set things set up for their workers in that way. Like work-life balance is something that's... You know, it sounds like at Radius, it's a it's a nice conversation, nice balance. But that's a tough thing for a lot of people to achieve uh, in in their daily lives to try to make all the ends meet. And uh, it's a nice dream to have, though. Especially, it, yeah. Especially if you're, like, highly personally invested in the outcome of whatever you're doing. It's easy to wrap. Just put the hours in. You know what I mean? It, I mean, it's a struggle. It's a struggle for me. I mean, any Radius member will tell you, like... They all think I'm like I live there. Like, <laughs> if if I leave Radius, I must die uh, because I, I gone never forever. Um, yeah, I mean it's a struggle. Like I get wrapped up in it. I end up spending 10, 12 hours a day sometimes. That's really fulfilling. I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. But I know if, you know when you fall in love with your work, you sometimes got to seek balance. So it's not just about the luxury. Um, sometimes it's about you know making sure that you've got the right priorities. Uh, and you're right. Like you know a lot of people, it's going to take years of grinding it took me years of grinding to be able to have the option to like create balance so i mean that's the goal right that's the goal the goal is not just more money it's not like to hoard uh, some smoggy and wealth yes <laughs> it's that'd uh, be nice though it's okay be, hey, yeah. I, you, <laughs> i'll take it pile of gold, got it pile right? of gold sure like if i can <laughs> earn it i will but uh, i won't earn it at the cost of a good life exactly and and that's the key and i feel like that's what has been overlooked a lot in like the education system and in like American culture for a long time. You know, it's it's work, 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 you know, work your whole life and then you die and things are over, you know, where you really aren't um, finding that balance and finding those things that actually give you the satisfaction other than seeing the numbers in a bank account go up, which is very cool. And um but there is a lot more to finding like your self-actualization, you know, like that hierarchy of needs that Maslow made that we all studied in psychology class forever ago. Yeah, no one on their deathbed like bemoans not hitting five more percent of growth in quarter two of you know twenty thousand two thousand five, right? Yeah, like nobody focuses on that. They focus on their family, they focus on their friends, they focus on their travel and the things they saw in their life and the experiences that they had, you know? So when you decide like what you're going to fill your day with, like keep in mind, what are you going to want to remember on your, on your, you know, in your little twilight of your life? And and leaving that impact with, with other people is always so beneficial too. Nobody wants to be, have, have nobody at their funeral. You know what I mean? You want to have friends, you want to have family, you want to have celebration of the life that you had and the impact that you made and the people that you touched and were able to help, you know, benefit themselves and find their own ways of growth and their own satisfaction. And I feel like Radius in a lot of ways um, is able to help people do that. You know what I mean? From the social aspect to the business aspect to the 
lower barrier to entry for people and giving them the opportunity to make those changes and to, you know, seek out whatever it is that they're missing in their life. I think any good idea should have the opportunity to grow. And I think that it's awesome that you've provided a space for that to happen here. And I hope that it just continues to grow and grow beyond what even you think it can be. Well, that's, that's the like really exciting look to the future, right? Is when we started this thing, we were 12 people. We thought if we got to 25, that would be cool. Hell yeah. And I, yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> 25. Really like, ah, that's as many as we could fit in here. And, um, then, you know, a year in, we're like 35 people and like, oh, wow, we're bursting. We should get just one more space. And when I began this, it was a six month project for me. So I was I was an academic, like I was intent to keep working in policy and um, had ne- had no interest in business. And so like, OK, cool, like this will take six months. And anytime anybody talked to me for two years, I would tell them, oh, yeah, I'm like six months away from finishing this. Oh, I'm six months away from finishing that. And it doesn't matter when you ask me. It's always six months away. And after a couple of years, I was like, oh, no, this is what I do now <laughs> um, and, and doubled down on it. But, um, yeah, like we had no idea we would get this big. This wasn't the plan when we started. And it's just kept evolving and growing and adapting and so taking those good ideas and giving them like a little bit of nurturing and seeing what they can grow and evolve and adapt into is really important because I, I don't think I could have ever conceived of the conferences that we run and the events that we host and like the training series and the educational content and the, just the volume of people that we have. I couldn't have imagined it at the beginning, but we found a really interesting evolution to what Absolutely. we are today. And part of that is just watching that story too, I think, you know, and being there and remembering and being able to look back on those past moments where you're like, oh, 25 people, that's going to be great. And now here you are with 180 people and all of these cool facilities that people are coming in that probably wouldn't have access to a lot of them without you guys. No. So like, if you want to go to another co-working space, um, we're the only like general purpose co-working space in the city. Um, we did help Thrive Therapy Space start. So I'm familiar with yeah, that. Penny, too. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Uh, Penny Porter, like all the people over there, are incredible. Um, you know, they needed a space that was like HIPAA compliant, focused on wellness professionals. Like, mm-hmm. so they built a space for that. We, you know, helped them get off the ground. But we're the only kind of general purpose co working space. It's it's hard to see how a city of Erie has many more right. um, that aren't like specialized because you know, city of about ninety seven thousand metro area of like. Just like under 300. Um, and so we're able to meet a lot of that capacity, but we've helped places start in Meadville, right? You've got um, Hatch Hollow run by Heather Fish. We helped a place get started out in Warren called Innovault. Um, hmm. We've done some consulting down on like Oil City to help them start up a, a co-working space. Um, you know, there are a lot of places in the region, but if you're in Erie and on any given day, you want to go find like a graphic designer and a lawyer and a CPA and a web developer, where would you go to find and talk to those people? Radius is really the only place you can go and pretty much depend on those people being there. Yeah. And that's a super cool thing. Uh, Must be incredibly proud of you and all your other starting members and what you guys have been able to accomplish. The, uh, I, I, so of course I've been there since the beginning and there's one other guy, Andrew Ternoskis, big shout out to Andrew, like has had a huge influence in the space over the years because he was one of the other founding members and he still comes in pretty much four or five days a week. Um, but I remember all the members. We, we have 280 now, but there are or 180 now, and there's something like 200 plus that have transitioned on. Mm-hmm. And I can think Graduated. Back, graduated out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and think back, like most of those people, and, you know, a lot of them still in touch and like, what's going on? Where are you at? Like, you know, their project grew or they relocated or whatever. But some of, some of the people who leave Erie will keep they're like the lowest level of their note their the radius membership be a nomad because they'll still pop back once in a while they still hang out with us online um erica brager relocated down to florida mm-hmm. still comes back to town once in a while to see her parents but she's chatting with us all day on slack because <laughs> these are her people right right and so yeah it's 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 pretty it's very um exciting for me to like watch all these people build and grow over the years mm-hmm. and, and it, it all started with that early foundation of just like a community, you know, a group of friends coming together, putting their minds together, putting their skills together to kind of 
make this whole thing flourish and make a bunch of individual businesses flourish, make Radius flourish, and help the city of Erie flourish in its own special way. And that's happening all over Erie, right? right. Like you called out a couple of the other people you've talked to, but like what Heather and Leah is doing are doing is important. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they're pulling people together and they're pulling resources together and they're building something. You know, you talk to like Nick and Jess and Brad Triana and what they've been able to do over in the shop over mm-hmm. on 19th street. Like that's awesome. And the other buildings that are popping up down over there too. The grounded, the print grounded, shop, yeah, right? Ashley, Ashley Pastore, like, sure. like all of these little collect, we're not the, we're not the only ones doing this. Like not by a long shot. The reason the city of Erie is getting so much better is people have decided it is not about fighting over the same slice of pie. It's about like baking a bigger pie. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Yeah. Cooperation is much more effective at long-term success than than direct competition. Sure. One of the best examples of that is the brewery scene. Mm-hmm. Brewery scene in Erie. Quick synopsis. You go back 20 years, I don't think there are any breweries. Brew Erie, that's it. Brew Erie. Brew Erie, yeah. Chris Sirianni, right? Well, how did we get uh, Lavery? Chris Sirianni volunteered some of his brewing vats to let Jason Lavery get started in. Jason Lavery gets Lavery's going. Chris Sirianni has some trouble at one point. He loses his brewmaster. they got to get all the works up. Jason Lavery sends his brewmaster and team over to fix everything at brewery. Then there's like the brewery, the uh, brewer's club. Mm-hmm. Out of that, they spin out Jeff McCuller and Steve and what they're doing at Erie Ale Works. Okay, so the more and more of these breweries are getting up and going, right? What do they do? They say, well, instead of competing over the same customer, let's start a nonprofit, the Ale Trail, the Lake Erie Ale Trail, and we will advertise to other regions to to come here as tourists and try all of our breweries, right? right? All cooperation, reinforcing one another's businesses, and then asking, how do we all get more customers by cooperating? Awesome examples like what is going on all over Erie to grow new markets, new businesses, and export both our knowledge and the things we manufacture way beyond the region. Right, and I feel like that's such a new... It's something, it's like an economic principle that people have always been so aware of, but never really put it into practice on like, maybe not a micro level, but on a smaller local level, because obviously peace is going to make business flourish so much more internationally all across the world rather than war. You know what I mean? And on a a smaller level, these local businesses going against each other, trying to put each other out of business, trying to say, you know, we're the best, only come to us rather than having that shared investment in the brewery scene in Erie is is it, it it seems like common sense but it's something that I feel like has been overlooked or was like mistaught to me throughout like my educational process through like high school and college I yeah. think it goes back to like you know not to get all political but it seems like uh, you know remnants of like the cold war squash the competition you know like make your uh make your rival suffer type thing and and society's moving in a different direction from that just in general which is good it's a good thing you know competition's great when it encourages us to encourages us to pursue differentiation Mm -hmm. right like ah you know i I really want to win that customer how do i stand out or how do i serve a specific market segment that's like the healthy kind of competition that's what you want when competition gets misinterpreted as like sabotaging, undermining, or destroying, cannibalizing some other business, what you're really doing is like, okay, well, if I just put that person out of business, like I just undermined my own community mm-hmm. because that person was, you know, sponsoring the little league team that my kids are on. Well, right. wait a minute. I, we just lost the sponsor of my kid's Little League team. Like, I didn't want to undermine myself that way. So, yeah, like, when you get better and better at serving market segments, good, healthy competition. Um, and if you want to serve bigger and bigger markets, eh, rather than try and squash my competitor, what if I cooperated with my competitor so we can reach even greater uh, even greater audiences? Yeah, I think technology has made that just so much more of a feasible thing to do to be able to to use your uh not use but work with you know your competitors to bring wealth to yeah. everybody yeah. and look at like gallery night oh great How successful it is yeah. for all of the people down there you know glass growers the eerie uh eerie art house i forget what it's called next to packet eerie art house 
Oh man, I don't know. maybe Erie Art House. I uh, I'm not either. sure. Stephen Trahosky is is amazing down there, and I'm sorry I can't remember the right name right now. But uh, you got them, you got Feed, you got 1020 Collective, you got the Erie Art Museum, you got all these places and all the bars and other places that are down there that are just kind of feeding off this giant collective of people that are coming down to celebrate art and to celebrate music and to spend money and buy cool things. And and the, the businesses that have bought so like we ran the Radius Gallery, right? Uh-huh. Way back in the early days, one of our founding members, Matt Ratowski, like would coordinate gallery shows at Radius. Even though we didn't have like a permanent gallery, we'd stand one up and we'd have a big party and we'd welcome cool. all these people. Like it was a great way for us to throw in and say, yeah, this is a great thing for downtown. How can we make it better and benefit? Mm-hmm. And that's really the 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 cooperation you want to see if you're going to revive revive the city right, right. like mm-hmm. as we keep rebuilding erie and of course like we're seeing it physically now you you drive state street and like every totally third different. building's under construction um but uh it takes a lot it takes a lot behind the scenes of people deciding we're gonna we're gonna work together and then like figuring out exactly how to do that and executing well and learning and iterating right and i think it's important that everybody is starting to recognize that they are not in a vacuum anymore you know what I mean? We are all in this collective system that somehow intertwines with one another. And I like this when you brought up like that thing about baseball. You know, I didn't mean to put out my competition, but now my son's baseball team doesn't have a sponsor. And everything kind of has these very intricate, maybe subtle links that we don't quite see every day or are not in plain sight or clearly visible to us that very much exist and are very important to the overall well-being of what we're doing here and being in a community and living in this same little part of the earth together and trying to make it as wonderful and beneficial and happy as we can it's a whole six degrees of separation yeah it's a big economic ecosystem like you get a lot of people doing a lot of things in order to make a a really healthy uh, environment right well, Sean, it's been super fun hanging out with you today. I really enjoyed having this conversation. Yeah, awesome. This has been fun. I can't believe it's only been an hour. This is it's, great. We're already there. Yeah, well, dude. Right. Hey, yeah. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, love what you guys are doing. Um, you know, keep bringing people in. Like, keep sharing messages. I think the biggest uh, thing we, we lack in Erie is, like, the awareness of the great things that would give us confidence. With plenty of money in this town, plenty of talent in this town, the thing that's lacking is the confidence to invest your time and your money in the cool projects that we want to start. Yeah, absolutely. You guys go for it out there. Tell us a little bit how that anybody who wants to go check out Radius can find you guys. Uh, of course. So uh, you can go to radiusco.work. Check us out. Um, you can schedule a tour. You can send us a message. Um, our uh, team, Liam and Jess and myself, like happy to chat with you about what membership uh, what membership you know could be right for you if you want to get started or you know just check out our programs like we're hosting a community series we've done conversations with united way we've got one coming up tomorrow in fact with uh well i guess uh, i don't know when this yeah sorry but, it'll probably be yeah past. Wanna, we, we you already had it it was yeah, amazing it was great it was, it was wonderful good. uh with uh, the downtown <laughs> erie downtown partnership yeah um so yeah check out our website send us a message for a tour stop by and like tell us what you want to work on and see if we can be helpful um and if you're eager to contribute to a, a co-working community you know we're eager to talk to you about uh how to how to do that That's awesome. incredible thank you so much sean thank you all of you intergalactic listeners out there all you erieites local and far and wide wherever you're from thank you for turning in make sure you hit all those likes subscribe shares all the buttons we just started a patreon now so if you really like what we're doing and want to support us and are feeling generous we would love to see you on there it means so much to us like so uh like Sean mentioned earlier, we are not keeping any of the money that we earn at this point. If you want to get an advertisement or want to support us on Patreon, it's literally all just going back into the podcast so we can keep delivering amazing content to you guys. So thank you all so much. We love you. Love y'all. Peace.